0: Hey, it's Jeff and Jeremy from the Ultra Running Guys, and if you're here, you probably already know that we started this podcast to help
1: you take your next step in your ultra running journey. But what you may not know is that in addition to this podcast, we also host two live races in the Wilmington, North Carolina area that are designed to do the same. The first is the Hydra, which takes place on April 22nd and has a 50k individual, 50k relay.
0: Yeah, you can bring your friends in case you don't want to do it by yourself. And this year, we're also offering a half marathon, which is basically a half of a Hydra. We can promise you that for any of those races, it will be unlike any
1: race you've ever experienced before. And then on September 16th, we host the final countdown of whether you've never run before or you're a hardcore ultra veteran, this race is designed to help you find your limits. And we will be there to celebrate with you. Yep. So mark your calendars, share with your friends, and check us out on the
0: ultrarunningguys.com website. You can search for both those events on the site, or you can even check out the links
1: in the show notes for more info. And with that, enjoy the episode. And remember, when in doubt,
2: just show up. I looked at Ashley and Ned, and while we were in the hospital, and I just said, "You know, I've got my why." I said they'll they'll have to drag me off this course, right? Uh, I said I will finish this hundred no matter what, and that that was my attitude for a couple of weeks, right? But a lot of my zeal and a lot of my energy for running was just gone. I just couldn't I couldn't get it back and so then i started to worry about you know is this the the right thing to do
1: Welcome back to the ultra running guys. You got Jeremy Reynolds and Jeff Winchester of the ultra running guys. And the reason that we're here is to help you take your next step in your ultra running journey. And so first, you know how this goes. We're going to say a huge thank you to the ultra running guys family just for taking the time. And also if you have not taken the opportunity to give us a rating, share with your friends, give us the review that really helps us out. It also helps us attract fantastic guests like the one we're going to be talking about to tonight, which I am so excited about. And so I'm just going to jump right into this. This is a guy who has really invited us into his journey by sending us messages, tagging us in posts, networking with so many of you who we know and love. He is a positive, encouraging force, and it was so easy to celebrate with him recently when he completed his first 100-mile race at the 2023 Long Haul 100, and also why our hearts ached for him when he endured the loss of a grandchild not long before that race. And this episode is actually extra special because it will be released on April 22nd, which just so happens to be the date that we're hosting our race, the Hydra, and he will be with us on the course. So if you're listening out there, make sure you track him down, let him know what you think of the episode, because there's nothing like adding a little extra pressure (laughs) as we start to record. So stick around to hear about his lessons learned, the importance of gratitude and why he is not quite sure how he feels about the 100-mile distance, which I'm excited to hear about. And with that, Rusty Smith, a.k.a. That Rusty Runner, welcome to the
2: show, man. Thank you, guys. It's an honor to be here. Trust me.
1: We are excited to talk to
0: you. And what's really cool, I've forgotten about the fact that we're releasing this on the um, day of Hydra. So if people are listening to Hydra, I hope they just yell out rusty as loud as they possibly can. Then we can know that they're listening to him at that moment. We'll give you a shout
1: out at the start. Like I said, nothing like the added pressure. We know you can handle it. But uh. Yeah, it's
2: also, let me add this. It's also my daughter, Ashley, who is Max's mom. It's her birthday,
1: Oh, April 22nd.
2: Is she coming also? Yes, she is planning on being there. Very oh cool. my gosh, that'll be so yep. special.
0: That's cool. Yep. She's going to have a great time watching awesome. you suffer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: she, she has. we can point. guarantee that. <laughs> so I do have some questions about the hydro. We're going to save that until later. There's some big things that we want to talk about. Obviously, the long haul. You mentioned Max, kind of some of the things that have been going on with that. But dude, you've been around for a long time. And so I didn't realize, actually, when we asked, you sent us some information. You've run close to 400 races. I think one of my favorite to hear about is going to be your first, based <laughs> off of the notes that I saw. So tell us about that first race and uh, the special bonding moment
2: you had with your father. Yeah, yeah. So I was in ninth grade, so it was a long time ago. There was a local race in, in North Carolina, in Western North Carolina, where I grew up. I had actually trained for it. And by training for it, I mean, I had run a few times and I had no idea how to pace. I had no idea how long eight kilometers was or anything. And this course, it's a very deceiving course in that it's, it's, it's probably a river grade. And on the way out, the first two and a half miles is all downhill. And if you're in a car, you can't even tell, right? But when you turn and you come back, it was an out and back course. It was all uphill. And the further up the valley you got, the, the steeper it got. So I went out like crazy in that first two and a half miles, right? And I'm thinking, oh, I am a runner. I'm a runner at heart. And I just discovered this, right? I'm, I'm running times I couldn't even conceive of. And then I turn and head on the way back, and it gets harder and harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And then I get about a half mile from the finish and my sister's running alongside and she's screaming at me, let's go, let's go. And I'm just, I'm taking air in every orifice I possibly can just trying to get to the finish line. Okay. So I get to the finish line and get this. Okay. These were races in the late seventies, early eighties. And these finish line people, I'm in ninth grade. I go across the finish line. They hand me a Gatorade in one hand and a beer in the other. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's Western North Carolina. It's (laughs) Western North Carolina. Exactly. So I drink both as I'm going down the, down the chute, right? I get to the end of the chute and I walk over where my dad is standing and my, my dad says, Hey, how was it? And I just looked at him and just puked all over his feet. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how, yeah, that's how I answered it was just by puking on his shoes
1: (laughs) When I said, when I read that, like you sent me the notes, I think you even responded. I was like, all I had to do is read like the first two sentences. And I knew this was going to be a fun conversation, right? Cause just kicking it off that way. And so it's interesting. So we're going to talk to you. One of the next things I want to talk about. So Western North Carolina Like we talked to Canyon Woodward, a couple of people from out there. We talk about Eastern North Carolina, it being pancake flat. Western North Carolina is not like that. I've been through Maggie Valley, which I think is where that that race is. You're talking mountains, you're talking trails out near the Appalachian Trail. However, some of the different places you've lived, Florida, and then you went to Colorado. You actually told us you avoided the trails for a long time. Actually swore off marathons, which tell me about, I do want to know that.
2: Why did you decide to swear off marathons? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Marathons hurt. Okay. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. And I had worked up to the, to the marathon distance. I, I ran off and on in high school, just a little bit. When I got into college, uh, got on that meal plan, started packing on some pounds and realized I gotta, I gotta do something to lose some weight. So that's when I, I started running, but I wasn't racing a whole lot. After I graduated, got a job in in Central Florida, outside of Orlando. Went down there and and got into to racing. Was racing every every weekend. I was doing a 5K or a 10K, and I was chasing a lot of goals. Then I wanted to get a sub sub 20, 5K, sub 40, 10K. I never did get it either. I got real close on the on the 5K. Got a 20:53. It was the closest I ever got. But I was really into the competition side of it and wanting to get faster and doing intervals and going to the, going to the local track and and that kind of thing. And so, but back then the natural progression was just to, 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 work up and, and do the marathon. Right. And one of my good friends down there, Johnny Duncan, he's actually one of the ones that first brought the ultra word to me a long time ago. Okay. And I'll tell you a little bit more about him. We just kept working up and said, you know, let's, let's do a marathon. Trained for a, for a marathon. I actually got my first DNF at the Jacksonville Marathon, mm. and it was a couple of months after my mom had had passed away, which kind of leads into the Mac story a little bit, a little bit later, a little bit nervous about doing something, you know, after a tragedy as well. But uh, did that that first marathon, which was Disney, and trained for that, and that one was probably about four years after the Jacksonville Marathon. Okay, and was able to finish that one, and then that's when we moved to Colorado decided I was gonna do another marathon out there, did the Colorado marathon. One more puking story on that one. <laughs> I've only puked twice in, in races, but uh, after I finished the Colorado marathon, I did not feel good at all. And I kind of went off, my, my family was there. And, and actually I told them about what time I thought I'd be coming through. And I, I bonked hard, I mean, I bonked hard. And I was 30 minutes late, 45 minutes late. And then they finally see me come around the corner and they're they're all looking expectantly. Oh, here he comes! Here he comes! And then it's like, ooh, yeah, he doesn't look so good, right? So then I get across the finish line, and I just am looking for a private place to go throw up. And I found this flower bed. One of my sons at the time, he was he was probably about five or six years old. He followed me down there. And as soon as I th- start throwing up in the flowers, he yells back at, at my wife, hey, mom, dad's throwing up, <laughs> you know, so then everybody turns and looks at that point. So, so, so much for my private uh, or private puking session. At that point, I said, I'm done with marathons, right? Walking downstairs, I couldn't walk downstairs. My kids were making fun of me because I was going down the stairs on my butt and the whole thing. And I said, I'm just, you know, I'm done with it. So no more marathons. And I've kept to that. I've done no more marathons. I just jumped to the ultra marathon. And that last one was in 2006. And I didn't run an ultra marathon until 2021. So I even hung out for a while on that. Yeah, that's that story.
1: To touch on that, that was actually one of the questions that we had. So you avoided trails for quite a while, it sounds like. Swore yeah. off marathons, but you've essentially got nearly 40 years of running and you ran your first ultra in 2021. Mm-hmm. What was the catalyst? What finally got you to go, okay, like I, now I'm interested.
2: Yeah. So like I said, my, my friend, Johnny, still great friend today. Uh, he still lives in central Florida. So we don't get to see each other as much as, as we'd like. Back in the late '90s, early 2000s, he was he was running ultras. He was running with uh, guys like Matt Mahoney, who's like a, a legend down in Florida ultra running. And, and he kept telling me, "You, know, you got to do this." And we were going to go over and do this this 50 mile race in in the Croom Forest. And and I just told him, I "said No, I'm done. You know, no no marathons, nothing. Don't want to do that." And just kind of gave him the Heisman and said, "Nope, not interested. Not interested." So. So then fast forward to around 2019, there were really three things that propelled me into running ultras and realizing that I could run ultras. One was we had taken a long road trip and I developed blood clots in my legs. And one of the things that the doctor prescribed was compression sleeves. And so I started wearing compression sleeves when I would sit at a desk all day and I started noticing it. My legs felt great, right? The, the, the recovery was was great. And I was started running longer and longer distances and my legs weren't hurting. And I wasn't using them while I was running them. I was just using them really for recovery, right? Mm-hmm. And it was around that same time or maybe about a year or so later, I started streaking, just running every day. So then my mileage started going up again. Still wasn't thinking about ultras, nothing like that. And then the third thing was my daughter, Ashley, she challenged me to do the 75 hard. What I told her was, was I'll do it, but my two workouts I'm going to do is runs. I'm going to split my runs. So I started splitting my runs morning and evening. And next thing you know, I was running 40, 50, 60 miles a week and, you know, felt really good. And then I started thinking about ultras and I started looking at base mileage for what people had. And I said, you know, I think I've got, enough base mileage to complete an ultra. Uh, I started looking into it and I wanted my first one to be in, in Florida because Florida is really where I fell in love with trails, even though I didn't do a whole lot of trail running down there. There was one race in January that Johnny and I used to do together in the state park. So just started searching around, got on found ultra sign up started looking around and saw a cool video called Jack's 50 K and it looked like it supported a great cause and said yeah that's the one i'm going to go do so that was the those were the things that that got me into it now my friend johnny to kind of circle back to him he's been injured and can't run long distances right now mm-hmm. i felt really bad calling him up and telling him hey i'm going to go do an ultra and and he was okay because doing the 50k but he, w- he was pretty upset when I did the 50 miler because that was the one that we were supposed to do together. So we're still planning on doing it together. If he can get, get recovered and get healed up and get some some mileage, we're going to do that crew race. I'm saving that one for him. So since 2021, when
1: you started, you completed five 50Ks, one fifty miler, and now you've done the 100 miler. So for someone who avoided longer distances for a long time, clearly uh, it's something that you're enjoying. What keeps you coming back about ultra running?
2: That's a great question. It's the challenge is part of it. Uh, but I think it's more that that was a big thing in the beginning. I think now it's more of the journey mm-hmm. and being out there running through the woods looking for food. <laughs> <laughs> He's foraging. Um, so true. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm an engineer, so I like I like problem solving. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of problem solving within ultra running. I like the training. that that leads to it. I just, I enjoy running a lot. Um, And that's part of why I run Streak as well, because I just enjoy that. It's very hard to explain to people who don't run ultras, but when when I think about an ultra and it's over, and I'm, I'm thinking about the event itself, I always long to go back to the part where I was suffering the most and I don't know why and and it's hard for me to explain that unless you've done it but if I think back on every every one of my races long haul was a little bit different but I can remember that point where maybe I didn't want to leave that aid station that last aid station but I did or where the trail was so muddy I could barely stay upright those are the places that I long to go back to and it's really hard to explain but I also long to get back there and get to that, that point as well.
0: Yeah. I I connect a little bit with that. I think the idea there is that there's a longing to be at that point, not so much because I want to experience that low, so so much as I want to experience getting through that low and what I accomplished by the fact that I remember not wanting to get out of that aid station. I remember not wanting to do the next thing and yet somehow, some way I did, you know, and I think that's the connecting piece for me is that, I remember the lows more. They tend to stand out only because I got through those lows. Um,
2: and, and I think that's why they mean more to me. I think that, you know, today, I think our culture values comfort a lot and we seek comfort. But I also think that that's one of the things that probably keeps us from being happy is seeking that comfort all the time. I think that's, that's one of the big obstacles being happy and even true joy, right? For a long time, I think that's one thing ultras has taught me the difference between happy and joy, right? Joy is being okay, regardless of your circumstances, right? Happiness has a lot to do with your circumstances because when I'm in an ultra, I'm usually not very happy, right? But I can be, I can be joyous when I'm in there. I can, can be enjoying the company, you know, the trail running community, which is just awesome, you know, being in nature that kind of thing, but I may not be happy, but I feel good on the inside. And, and that's carried over into, my, into the other part of my life about, okay, now I understand the difference between happiness and joy. And it's not being a slave to your circumstances, right? And, and just looking beyond your circumstances. I've learned a lot from ultras, there's no doubt. There's so many parallels to, to real life.
1: One of the things that jumps out, we've talked about, it, it's been a theme over and over. You know, you said, hey, you're an engineer, you enjoy the problem solving. Might be some people listening that are new to this going, well, what do you mean problem solve, right? You have a plan, you go execute your plan, you either make it or you don't, right? But I think the more we talk to people that are experienced doing this, that's just part of the game. It's, and so the fact that you are drawn to that it's like, okay, hey, I got to figure this out instead of... You know, like some of us can get derailed. of. Oh my gosh, what is happening? How am I going to deal with this? Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a, a huge plus for your personality type. But the other piece is I, I want to know because I am the same way. I lo- I love being able to look back and see the moments that I came through. But I will tell you that every time I'm back there, I freaking hate it. And to the point now where it's actually, we talked about this with Eric Geisler, it's hard almost sometimes to think about going back in because I'm like, oh God, it's going to suck so bad. Right, So yes, I look forward to overcoming. That's been some of the highest points of my life. But when you're there, if you think back, when you're there, are you like me going, what was I thinking? Like, why did I ever look forward to this? Or do you actually find some joy in the moment?
2: Oh, I can find joy in the moment, but there is never a race that I do that I don't swear off the next ultra, (laughs) right? Why am I doing this? Why did I sign back up for this? I hate this. And just a few weeks ago, I ran the the long play 33 and a third and it was hot. Okay. It was down in Florida and I had about two days running in warm weather and it was just hot down there. And I was miserable. I was making promises to myself that I'm not going to keep which was I'm not doing a 50 miler. I'm not doing a hundred miler, <laughs> not doing any of this. Right. And as soon as it was over, you know, I don't tell my wife that, that I that I swear off of them, but even after it was over, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this again. Okay, good. Well, that I, that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a day or two days later, I'm looking for the next one.
1: Well, I think you saw the video of uh, running a stupid, no, the ultra tennis guys. Yeah. I um, <laughs>
2: yeah, love that. I'm still laughing
1: <laughs> yeah, about that. I was like, forget this. This is so dumb. Why are we the ultra guys? But, um, <laughs> and I mean, I was half joking at the time, but that's really, I know I can feel that so much that moment. And the other thing that really stands true when I look at, and I think I'm relating to what you're saying is, um, uh, in fact, Eric Giesler put it and he was talking about just kind of being humble, but he said, I never felt more human. And that was the word that he used. Mm. Um, I never felt more human than when I was breaking down during a race, right? And so I think there's this thing that even in the moment it sucks so bad, but it's true that I don't think there's many things out there that can make you feel more alive. And without Mm -hmm. the downside, you can't have the good stuff. You know, without sadness at some point in your life, you don't know what joy and happiness really feels like. And I think it's that being able to face it and then feel the opposite positive part that's like, okay, I made it through for me when I look back. I like wonder how many alive. people
0: though that have never run one when they hear you say that thing, I don't understand how that, how that makes sense.
1: And it's true. That's why I, I think he said from the beginning, it's hard to explain to somebody, you know, like why? But they, but, I mean, I think,
0: I think you feel alive when you're in it and as you get out of it, you know what I mean? I think it's that full experience because when you get to that point that you're breaking down and everything, if you drop out or quit, or just, I'll say it, if you give up you will not experience that feeling of alive that you're talking about. It, it's I almost agree. like you have to go through the full emotion
1: of the, of the pit and then the high. I, I still feel alive. Like with my DNS, I can look back and go, Oh, like that sucked. Right. I felt alive. Right. Right. But, it, but you're right. I didn't get the payoff of the high and and the high is not a high when I'm No, in. <laughs> I'm not saying it's like, it's not like a eureka no. moment. I'm saying you're right. going to still <laughs> suck and it's going to be horrible, but you're going to come out of it. You're like, ah, yeah, we're moving. We're still moving. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we joke that it's like, you know, it must be what women go through with childbirth, right? Like, Oh my gosh, how did I ever put myself here? I hate this. And then it's like, Oh, now I have this wonderful thing. Let's do it again. We're like, not qualified. Like, to Didn't that you remember? That <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm on the same plane, but it's the one thing I can, all the moms that are listening are like, Oh God, now they're trying to Like, you're ridiculous.
1: <laughs> <But, laughs> move it on. Well, so let's go ahead and move on. We just talked about highs and lows, right? And first hundred mile race, we know that it took a lot to get through that race. And so I'm sure when you look at the accomplishment, there's got to be some pretty big highs there. We also mentioned, hey, you went into it going through some very personal things, right? You had a lot kind of weighing on your shoulders. But for the long haul itself, let's set up the race. Why did you choose that one in particular? Out of all the hundreds you could have picked, tell us about it, describe the course, like, you know, put us there, and then let's have a conversation about it.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I kept hearing everyone in the ultra – all I had done up to this point were, were 50Ks, right? And i heard everyone in the ultra world say, oh, you got to do something scary, you know, do something scary. So I signed up for a 50-miler, you know, in the, in the Georgia mountains, the, the Georgia Jewel and this is going to sound a little bit crazy but i'm going through that training and i take these words back when i got in the race but it wasn't as scary as it was when i started training for it Mm. so i started thinking all right should i should i do this 100 and i was feeling a little bit this age thing that i've got to like okay how many more years do i have to do 100 right because honestly looking back at it maybe i jumped to the 100 a little too quickly not sure uh, I was able to finish it, but it was still in the back of my mind. The Georgia Jewel was in September, and in July, I signed up for long haul. And again, it was I was looking for an easier one, right? And I thought, okay, flat, you know, not, not a bunch of hills. Uh, it was a Western States qualifier. I've got a, a really strong connection to the Florida ultra running community. I'd heard so many good things about it. Everyone talked about the hub and long haul and how the energy, you know, the, the way that, that long haul is set up, you've got this tent city and there's a hub and you go through that hub multiple times. They've got a new course for, for next year, but this year it's 10 loops. They're not really loops, but they're 10 out and backs. Mm. Okay. Three spurs, I should say three, you go out, spur one, out and back, out and back spur two, out and back spur three. That's, that's one loop. Okay. And you do 10 of those. Mm. Yeah, the funny thing is, is the one running route I don't like are out and backs. And I told my wife that, about this course. She goes, why did you sign up for this? I'm like, I really don't know, to be honest with you. I really like that, that hub, that tent city. You're, you're passing through that because every time you come back from one of those spurs, you go through tent city and through the hub. Okay. And so that was one of the reasons that I chose it. I'm not sure if I mentioned it, it's, it was a Western States qualifier as well. So those are the main reasons that, uh, that I did. And it was in January. That timing seemed pretty good after doing Georgia jewel in September. So yeah, those are the reasons that I chose that one.
1: You know, we've run a couple hundred miles between the Yeti, which is like only 3000 feet of gain, the Homestead, which is 8,000 feet of gain. Uh, as you know, listening to what a lot of people are doing, right. Those are pretty low key. And a lot of times people think, Hey, nice and flat, that's going to make it easier. I'm interested to hear running a flat race, did that cause you any problems or
2: did it, were you happy with the choice of a flat race? It absolutely caused me problems. <laughs> In fact, I think that's how I ended up breaking my run streak. Um, I think all that repetitive motion of being flat, cause this was about a thousand feet of gain yeah. over a hundred miles, right? So it was flat. And I think all that, that repetitiveness through that whole thing, I, it really jacked up my, my foot really bad. I thought I had a stress fracture. I really thought I had a stress fracture. It did not hurt at all during the race. I had some knee issues. My knee swelled up just a little. My left knee swelled up just a little bit. And it was really stiff uh, starting around 70 or 80 miles. But I had no foot pain. That evening after the race, the top of my foot, left foot started hurting really bad. By the next day, I couldn't even, I could barely walk. And I thought for sure I had a, a stress fracture. And I think it was just because it was flat. You, you've heard it before, there are no easy hundreds. Right. And the, I think the flat brings a whole new element of tough to it as well. So, yeah, there was one little spot where you went, you ran up on this berm, mm-hmm. and I actually looked forward to that. Coming off spur two and coming off spur three you, you kind of went up that, that little berm and i looked so forward going down not so much but coming up it i enjoyed it I, I like that idea of the hub but
0: it makes me hesitant because of the number of times you're coming back to that hub where everybody is that's a lot of aid station hanging out time
2: it's 30 times to quit too
0: yeah, yeah it's a lot <laughs> yeah. coming back to home base
2: yeah yeah it's
1: interesting it depends like i actually like out and backs because it feels like a cutoff halfway like mm-hmm. if i do a four mile loop versus a four mile out and back and i've done like backyards both formats and the out and back mentally is easier for me to go oh made it halfway turn around versus yep. like oh i'm two miles through a four mile loop i don't know so i think it depends on what you like i like being able to chop it down smaller but to that point if you're in a low spot now you have the opportunity. I'm just read.
0: curious, like when when you do a loop if, and it's four miles. If you get to mile two and it's a loop, do you see yourself going up in numbers still versus an out and back where you're now going down in numbers? I'm just curious what your brain does with. The yeah, I don't
1: know. It's the it's the I think it's just the physical act of like literally turning around. Uh-huh. Like mentally, it's like oh, like hey, starting again. Like, but I don't know that I think. Oh, I'm on mile two, mile three, or if I have mile two to go or one to go, right. I, I try after, I forget who, what guest it was. It was like, I made the mistake of starting to count down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, to me, if it's, I hate out and backs because I'm always looking forward to get to the turnaround spot and like, oh,
1: I'm never gonna get there.
0: Yeah. That's why I'd rather do a loop, just continue moving. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I think it's, I, I do think that it's important point for people listening that may not, they may think flat equals easy. Mm. And we're so used to running flat that when people come out and you're going to see at the Hydra, uh, people will say that is pretty flat, even though for us, it feels like a little bit of terrain. I won't say elevation, but it feels like terrain. But you don't realize just how hard it can be on those. Like you said, the repetition hitting those same muscles without any variation. And so if you're listening and you're looking at stuff, don't just assume that flat equals easy. It has its own set of challenges. That's Um, correct. Well said. But all right, man. So... Here's the deal, like I, I, I kind of started to get into 100 mile race can be stressful enough on its own, right? It's not an easy thing to do, but you had a lot going on. And so do you mind, let's kick it off. Just why don't you take a minute and just share with everybody that's listening about
2: your grandson, Max. My daughter, Ashley, she was pregnant with Max, perfect pregnancy. Everything was good, right up to to delivery. I mean, he was he was kicking. At the beginning, everything was good, and then it was just a freak accident with the with the cord, and no other way to to look at it. And it happened very very quickly, um, so it was a shock to everyone. You know, just just devastated devastated us all. You know, because all that that joy and that expectation was coming. You know, was just just uh, you know ripped away pretty pretty quickly. So um so yeah very very difficult very difficult times just two days after thanksgiving it was on november 26th yeah very very close to the long haul and 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 so yeah just a very very tough time
1: i'm sure and i don't want to you know push too much on that i don't think we need to but just to understand that man i can't pretend to understand or to say i know kind of what you and your family went through but I can try to put myself in the situation in terms of thinking, okay, this happens. I have a hundred mile race in X number of weeks essentially. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so I I would imagine that you had to kind of do some thinking there. Why did you ultimately decide to continue? Or did you ever consider not running
2: hundred at that point? Oh yeah. I I considered not, I, I wasn't sure what the right thing to do was. Right. I mean, when everything first happened, even in the hospital, you know, I, I walked up to Ashley and her husband, Ned, and I, I always always have to have a why, right? And, and is my why big enough? Because that'll get me through some of the low points in a race, right? And, and when I did the Georgia Jewel, I wondered, is my why big enough? And then I really was worried, even even prior to, to what, what happened with Max, I was worried about, did I have a big enough why for the 100? And I looked at Ashley and Ned and while well, we were in the hospital, and I just said, you know i've got my why i said they'll they'll have to drag me off this course right uh, i said i will finish this hundred no matter what and that that was my attitude for a couple of weeks right but a lot of my zeal and a lot of my energy for running was just gone i just couldn't i couldn't get it back so then i started to worry about you know is this the the right thing to do and 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 i also worried about you know, running can be selfish and, and I worried about, you know, what, what's the rest of the family? What are they thinking if I continue with this? So th- there was a lot of doubt on whether I should, should continue on this. So I contacted Amy and Andy Matthews, who are the, the race directors at long Hall, just great, great people. Explain the situation. And I told them I says, I realize this is late. Uh, I said, I'm going to attempt a long run this weekend. And I, after that long run, I want to make a decision. On whether to do this, would you guys be okay with that? And and they replied back immediately and said, "Hey, don't worry about it." Said you can have up until like January second or January third to decide. The race was on January fourteenth, so that was a huge relief off of me that I didn't have to make that decision right away. And because even after that long run, that long run went okay, but I still wasn't ready to to make a decision. There were just several things that kind of happened, you know, whether they were were signs or or what, but they were just kind of pointing toward telling me, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and do this, right? During the Georgia Jewel, I had met a guy named Josh, and this is a is a pretty cool story. He was running the Georgia Jewel 100, which started well before the the 50 Miler. We're coming in and it's like there's like 3 miles to go, and we just happen upon each other and just start talking. And in those 3 miles, I learned more about him than people I've worked with for five years, right? I mean, it just flowed. You, you guys have probably, you oh, know, yeah. felt that, you know, that sensation when you're just out there and you just, you are on the trail and you just kind of pour your heart out and stuff. And we're just talking back and forth, find out he's from Florida, found out he was signed up for long haul. I was signed up for long haul. And, and mind you, this is all before Max, right? We finished the race together, crossed the finish line together, kind of did some high fives. And then he says, Hey, I'll get in touch with you. You know, I'm in my fifties, he's in his thirties. It was dark. I couldn't have picked him out of a lineup. The next day, if we'd went to the same restaurant, I wouldn't have been able to recognize him, right? But but I knew him, I knew him, but he did. He, he looked me up after the race, he looked me up on LinkedIn. So we connected and we're going back and forth about the race and, and training and all that. Well, he obviously didn't know about Max. And this one time he had gone out to the course since he lived down there, he went out to the course and he took some pictures. If you want to really get me, send me a video or send me pictures of a trail and that (laughs) I'm hooked, right? So he sent me these pictures of the course and I'm like, oh man, I've got to do this, right? I've got to do this race. That was one of the things that kind of in the back of my mind, I was thinking, all right, I think maybe God's telling me to do this. And that was probably about three or four weeks. And then I shared with him about what was going on with Max. And he's like, hey, you know, I completely understand, but he kept encouraging me to do it. Right, he was really, really cool about it. That January deadline that Andy and Amy had had put on me was was coming up pretty quick, and uh, I talked to Ashley and Ned, and I said, you know, the way this course is set up, I said, if you guys want to come out and crew me, you know, you'd be able to because they're out in backs, sixty miles. I can have pacers, and you guys could run part of this race for Max because I'm going to run this thing for Max, right? And I'm going to run it his honor. So it seemed like kind of a cool thing. And then Ashley was kind of, she's kind of cool, but she's still, you know, very postpartum and, and all that. But still, she could run a little bit. Plus by then I was just power walking a lot anyway. And I told her, I said, it, it's not like I'm going to be running a nine minute mile or anything like that. So you'll be able to keep up, trust me. And then I would wear a, a thing on my back running for Max. And maybe I could talk to some other people while we were out there. And I put the, the Max's five. that The, the Max's five was, you know, something that, that Ashley and Ned, uh, Max's parents started in the hospital the day that Max passed away. That they, they were going to be thankful for five things every day, right? Because there's even in the midst of everything that was going on, there's a lot of things for us to be thankful for. And it blew me away. I mean, it blew me away. And that that Max's five has kind of taken on, kind of got a life of its own in in some respects. And you guys have done a great job. You guys put that. That meant so much to Ashley and Ed when you guys put that on your Instagram. and Hey, just five things you're, you're thankful for. You guys will hashtag Max is five. Now, I use that hashtag a lot, and I really got that from you guys. So I, I appreciate that. But, yes, yeah, I said, we're just going gonna to do this thing for Max. And my wife had, had privately asked me. She said, you okay if you, if you DNF? I said, I'll be disappointed if I can't make it 52 miles because that's the furthest I'd ever run, and I'd be pretty disappointed. I'd be also disappointed if I couldn't get past 59 and 59 is kind of a special number. Max was five pounds, nine ounces when he was born. So Ashley had asked me to, to run 5.9 miles for max. And so I've done that. I still do that to this day, every once in a while. Some people on Strava started asking me, Hey, what are all these 5.9s you're doing? And then, you know, a bunch of people on Strava did some 5.9s for max and, and, and things like that. So that was, that was really cool. But, and I thought, well, you know, it'd be good if I could get to 59. And so I told my wife, I said, yeah, if I can get beyond 59, if I have to DNF, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. So, but privately I'm thinking I got to finish this thing. But anyway, I, I did think I'd be okay, but I did, I was serious about getting that 50 that 59 miles.
0: I, I just appreciate you saying everything you said. I think when you started off by saying initially how you felt, And the sacrifice that we make as ultra runners, like with our time and our family, like they they know that we're always off running and everything. And just wrestling with the idea that your family's going through so much and figuring out, is this the right thing for me to do at this time is a reality that I think everybody who runs ultras, particularly who does training for ultras is faced with, you know, if something goes Mm -hmm. on in their lives, it feels selfish. And yet it's not always intended to be, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things that sometimes you run because it's your own personal way of escaping and and working through issues and and challenges and stuff that are going on. But I think that conflict that you felt and that tension of, of what would the family think and all that, that's real. I think that is very real that ultra runners and runners in general, that, that experience go through. I, I just, I think it's very common.
1: I connected with thinking like, wow. Yeah, that would be just a weird dynamic to kind of work through, right? Because I'm sure there's the feeling of, oh, I need to be sensitive, but also here's this, here's how I would cope. Mm -hmm. But the the concept of is Five, like, and so, admittedly, you know, because, and, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I don't think you had shared publicly about Max, and I may be wrong about this until the long haul post. Am I wrong about that? Had
2: you shared uh, it? Let's see. Uh, that's correct. Yeah, long haul post would have been the first time that I shared it publicly, so, yes.
1: So that was the first time. I remember seeing the buckle and it, it started off with like, this is a tough one for me or something like yeah, that, right? Yeah. And I'm used to, we're all used to reading the recap, right? And you're like, oh, here's the good, so Like, let's read the recap. But obviously what what I read there was so different. It's like, oh, wow, here's this story that's been unfolding that culminated on a trail mm-hmm. that you know i didn't know and, I, and like he said I, I mean social right but i feel connected to you compared to a, a lot of the people that are out there it's like oh my gosh i can't believe rest, rest having to go through this and then when i read max five and you see the pictures and all that i was like oh it's so incredible to take because there's a responsibility right things are going to happen to us and then we all get some choices, and sometimes it doesn't feel like a choice because emotions can just be that way. But I think there's things that can be done. Like running is good for biochemistry, right? When we run, it releases certain things. That's one thing we can do to make ourselves feel better. But then there's other things where we can actually take control of the mental. And that's what you do with Maxis fire. I've said, no, hey, I'm not going to be a slave to this thing that has this hold on me. Instead, we have made this choice to now what are the five things I'm going to change that. And not only that, but then you're making a positive impact on the people on the course and sharing this tragic story. And for me, that hit really hard, man. And that's why it was so easy to be like, Oh, like anything we can do, Rusty, because that is, to me, that's how the world changes, right? Is, is that kind of thing is being able to say, yes, this was hard. I'm making this choice and somebody else is positively
2: impacted. So
1: I know that was yeah. a lot of words, but dude, I appreciated it so much—probably
2: more than you know. Yeah, but. well, well, like I said, you know, just the the things that, that you guys did, just just doing that simple putting that Maxus five on your Instagram story, like I said, meant so much to Ashley. I was, I was taking screenshots every time I'd see one, mm-hmm. and I would send it to her and say, "Hey, here, you know, here's someone else who responded," and and that's all that that they really wanted to do was was to out of all this was to turn something positive out of it and it's it's been really refreshing that the 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 trail running community has really grabbed onto that mm-hmm. and and really embraced that Maxis 5 still to this day i do i do a Maxis 5 every day and it's changed my whole outlook on things yeah the world's crappy and a lot of things go go wrong but there's a lot of good there's a lot of things to be thankful for and we as trail runners have so much to be thankful for you know it's you hear it all the time but we get to do this, right? We don't have to do it, we get to do it. But we're we're out in nature, daytime, nighttime, you know, just connecting with it and and there's so much our our bodies are so strong. I mean, our bodies are wonderful. I mean, I can't believe you know, at my age, my body allows me to do things that, that I wouldn't have dreamed of, of it doing 20 years ago. And there's just so much to be thankful for just just in that. And and that's just that one little part of my life you know, just that running part. So yeah, it's been a total perspective change for me.
0: So here's the interesting thing about that is that when you're in a low point in a race in general, uh, one of the things that you should always figure out how to do is a method or a way to reframe what you're thinking and to come up with a strategy on how I'm going to get myself out of this mental funk. Because when I'm in that spot, all I do is I see the negative. I see the, the, the downside of things. And one of the things that you can do is you can frame that moment to take appreciation or gratitude if you will for what's going on around you the fact that you're sitting at mile 70 or 64 or 25 in a, in a race and things are hard right now but you're doing something that you didn't think you could do before and you're here you know and it's beginning to reframe the way you see that experience and and Maxis five is a strategy to be honest with you that people can do and how they can see their lives differently and if they're in a race and they're like i don't know what i'm supposed to do when i'm at a low point well, there, I heard about a thing called Maxis five. Well, maybe I can start trying to figure out how to be grateful about one, two, three, four, or five things. Yeah. And by the time I've started processing something outside of my suffering, I'm up and out.
2: Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, the, the Maxis five flows so much easier for me on the trail. You know, when I when I start out and and I just say, all right, let's just start thinking about some things I'm thankful for. I mean, it. Like, bam, bam, bam. You know, when I'm at work, not so much, right? It's hard. It's hard to come up with, with three things that I'm thankful for sometimes, right? But when I'm on that trail, and then, it, like you said, if, if you get that mindset, then when you are in a race and you are at that low point, you know, because when I did when I did long play after long haul, that was one of the things that I, I used that strategy because it, it was hot out there and I was suffering. But it was like, all right, let's kick the maxes five in let's talk about the things that we're thankful for and let's concentrate on Mm -hmm. those. And and the cool thing was, you know, when I was at uh, long play, another lady ran up behind me and and asked me about who's max started sharing the the story. She had a very similar story. Mm -hmm. I told her, you know, we, we ran together for just a little bit, but I told her, I said, uh, in this race, mile seven and mile 14 are for Sebastian, you know, which was, was her son you know, but we, we made that, that connection, you know, right away. I mean, it was, it's like a a divine appointment, right. That we ran across each other on the trail out there. Cool moment.
1: It's so neat. Well, and remind me when we're closing now, I'll try to do it again, but call to action, you know, everybody listening, uh, I would highly recommend the Maxis five. And if you would like to tag us tag rusty, we'll make sure it's in the notes, but it's that underscore rusty underscore runner. And do that hashtag max is five. I'm sure Rusty, you would probably love to see some people sharing that. We would love to pass it along and, and do that. So
0: or run five point nine.
1: Yes, yeah. run, run five point yeah. nine. Or run
2: five point nine. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah. either way, whether you tag us or not, do the exercise. Come up with the five things. Gratitude, I think gratitude can change so much. So. Well, even
0: like Rusty said, do it while you're working in this place. You, you struggle doing it because if you can do it <laughs> in a place you hate, then you can do it when you're suffering. That's exactly, that, that's I
1: exactly awesome. right. Yep. So we got some questions about long haul, but there's also a couple of things I want to get to as well. So we talked about kind of the showing up. We talked about the weight on your shoulders, some of the things the thoughts that you had going into it. But the bottom line is you still had to put a hundred miles on your legs. Right. And so so it was a heck of a day. And I do know you had some low points. So I I do want to touch on just a couple, but mile 30. I'm going to see if you relate to this, but I think one of the things that is surprising to a lot of people is that we envision that the hard stuff's going to come later. I know for me, mile 25 to 35 at this point, I don't even freak out about it anymore. I just know 25 to 35, I'm going to have this period where it's going to suck for a bit and then it's going to get better. And it sounds like mile 30 was a struggle for you. Tell us about that moment, kind of what happened and and how you got through it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I was a little surprised, Jeff, I I use your blog. Don't be surprised by the pain. I think about that in every race, right? I do. That's one of the things that that gets me through, but, but still, it always catches me off guard. I'm not going to lie. And then in this one, it was like, why are you here so early? Right. Right? (laughs) And all I kept thinking was, okay, you feel this bad. You have 70 miles to go and And I was doing my best not to think about, you know, I wasn't counting up or counting down miles. I'm just running spurs. I'm not thinking about mileage at this point, nothing. And, but then when that hit, you know, I'm obviously looking, okay, well, I'm 30 miles in, this is, this is not good. To get through that low point, I just had to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. That was the thing, you know, and in most of my races, it's it's just get to the next aid station. I try not to look at the entire race distance or, or anything. It's just get to the next aid station. This one was a little different in that the aid stations, I really didn't even think about them as much. It was just get get through this spur. You know, in fact, when I talked to Ned prior to the race, you know, he was crewing me and, and Ashley too. I said, if things start going south, just talk me into doing one more spur. Just tell me to, you know, just get through another spur. That's kind of what I did. That low point was I just kept going and and it honestly didn't last too long. I think it was, it was kind of a fleeting thing, but it it was, at the time it was very overwhelming to think that I had 70 miles to go. I've never even run that before. And my legs are hurting this bad. I was concerned, but I got through it and you know, it wasn't that, that big of a deal looking back on it at the time, no thoughts of quitting or anything, but, but, I was like, okay, if this is what it feels like now, how are we going to get through this other 70?
1: So So Worst feeling
2: ever. (laughs) And
0: I appreciate the the, the reference to the blog on being surprised, you know, by suffering and everything. Um, I I think that, I mean, I do appreciate it. It is something that sticks out to me a lot. And I think about it a a lot, actually still to this day about like, why is this happened to us? Why are we shocked? But I think one thing that that stands out to me, and, and I'm curious on your side, did you, did you spend time coming up with how long it was going to take you to get to mile 20, mile 30, mile 40, mile 50? Did you have some sort of pacing strategy? And then, because I find when this, the surprising that things hurt so soon, I start comparing it to what my pace should have been when I was comfortable in my house coming up with my pacing strategy. So did you have one? Is that kind of what played
2: into this first low? I did. Yeah. I had a, it wasn't really an A, B and a C, but I did map out different paces Mm-hmm. Of what I would be on. And I had given that to Ned and said, you know, this is about when I'll get here. This is about when I'll get to this, this mileage and this mileage and this mileage. Right. And I told him, I said, I fully expect to be ahead of schedule, you know, in the early part, but it's gonna start slipping as we get and that's exactly what happened. I mean, I went from the A column to the D column pretty quickly, the second half of the race. But yeah, I did have that. And and I was ahead of schedule. And that was one of the things that I used. Right, it's it's like okay, you can slow down just a little bit, and you're still ahead of schedule on where you are. And and I was using the four two. Um, I'd listened mm-hmm. to a previous podcasts that you guys had had, the husband and wife, and so I'd gone into it with the four two, and did that from the very beginning. And and I think it, it served me well. I need to, I need to do more of that. I think more practice with that. I'd practiced it some in my training. But I think I need a little bit more practice with that. So.
0: So what the 4-2 is, is it's a four-minute run, two-minute walk that um, Jeff and Katie Wilson talked about on our podcast a while back and how they run their hundreds in sub-24. And it's a run-walk strategy. And so uh, if if you know that you're not going to run for 100 straight miles and you're planning on walking, then one strategy is to come at it with a run-walk approach. And 4-2 is is a common one. And there's a lot of other ones that people used to. But yeah, you do have to practice it because your body's not used to the starting and stopping when you have to employ something like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of people at long haul were using some sort of an interval. You know, you could hear, you could hear beeps going off all day long, all night long. And, and I think going into it, I'd read, you know, for a, for a flat hundred, you need to have that, you know, if you're, if you're doing a a mountainous hundred, there's places where you have to walk, right. right? But there's not, you just, you're especially early in the race, that temptation and a flat one is just, I feel great. Let's just keep running. So you had to have that. So I went into it with that that mindset that I was going to walk, and it was tough to walk in the early early miles, right? Did you Did you start with the run walk? I did. Yeah. Awesome. I, ran, I ran the I ran the first mile just so I keep my streak intact because my type A ness tells me, well, if you if you run walk the whole thing, did you really run that first mile? So, so time I, out. I ran the first <laughs> mile, and then I did the four two.
0: Then that means you didn't run ninety nine miles. Right. Yeah, that's
2: right that's correct that's correct right.
0: so, i mean with that logic you only you only did a you supposedly ran one mile of a hundred mile race so, um, <laughs> yeah
2: that's, you walked that's the rest that's, of the time yeah that makes me feel terrible
0: <laughs> it's because it's bad logic <laughs> yeah. yeah it is it's a streaker's logic though <laughs> it is to run the is. first mile or it doesn't yeah. count
1: okay it's so a, a type
0: a it streaker's is.
1: logic <laughs> the point though about interval and flat if you're listening take that one because yeah. that is so true Mm -hmm. yeah but uh anyways man so no i think it was good i I at least wanted to hear about low point clearly you know we already mentioned you finished the race so huge congratulations there one of the things i did think was interesting because you i know you love ultras and and you told us even right before joining the show that hey i'm looking at potentially another 100 but one of the things you said was i'm still not sure how i feel about the 100 mile distance (laughs) right and i think part of it you referenced but you're used to recovering pretty well. And this was an outlier, you know, maybe it's because it was flat or anything like that, but how are you feeling about hundreds now that you had a little bit more time to digest?
2: Oh, I'm coming, I'm coming back around, but it's taking a while. It really is. I mentioned earlier that I really love running. Right. And even after my 50 miler, I recovered extremely well. You know, I, I ran my mile and a half the day after the race, you know, by the next weekend I was running six to 10 miles and, and felt great with just a little bit of heaviness in my legs. I still have a heaviness in my legs that I, I, I think I can contribute to that hundred miler. I think I'm not hundred percent sure, but, uh, so yeah, because of my love for, for running, I'm like, well, I don't want my, my running to get interrupted like this every time, you know? And then the other side of my brain is telling me, Oh, you'll get better at this, right? You'll recover quicker because I'd recover a lot better now 50 Ks than I did my first one. Right? right? So the body gets used to it. That's, that's another amazing thing about the body it gets used to it. So I'm going back and forth. And then, like I said, all you have to do is see a video or, or something like that. And then I'm hooked there. There's a new course for long haul. They just released a video on Facebook today. I watched that because I was like, I'm not doing long haul again. And I saw the video and there's just, there's this one section. It's probably only two miles long. And I'm thinking, man, I gotta go run that. <laughs> <laughs> that looks so cool. I, I do think I'll, in fact, I'm sure I'll do at least one more hundred and probably more, yeah. I'm sure.
0: Well, I'm assuming you are because you made a very important emphasis at the beginning of telling us that the long haul was a Western States qualifier. Mm-hmm. So yes. I'm assuming that's what you're targeting at some point anyway.
2: That That's kind of a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to do that. Am I going to search out and seek out a, Western states qualifier every year. I'm not sure about that. Will I take my one ticket and run with it and see how that goes? Yeah, it's tempting to do long haul again just because it's got that, or, or another one, or whatever. I mean, I have perused that list quite a few times looking for <laughs> ones on there that are Western states qualifiers.
0: It's okay to admit it.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I know it's well, really okay to your, admit. I know, I know your strategy. You you. You know, right now you're focused on doing Western States. And then after that, at 200, and and I've got that in the back of my mind.
0: That's because I'm old too. Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. But yeah, there's that scary thing of how much longer can I, can I do this? Right. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So, but I want to give it a whirl. So I I think that we, since you mentioned it, I was like, oh, you're definitely looking at the list. There's no way you're not because you emphasized it in the beginning of it. Yeah, You're not looking for one ticket. You're looking to get in.
2: Yeah, I know. I know. Yep. Okay. This, okay. Good therapy session. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think i <laughs> How much do
0: I owe you? Gotcha. Oh, wait, if you're talking money, that was expensive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the least a nickel. All right, man. Well, I, here's the deal. I could talk all night, but I know we don't have all night, but there's two more topics I want to touch on. We, we talk a lot on... The show about community how much we value community how much we value connecting to people and like we said right away man you're one of those people that just like you're messaging you're reaching out you're tagging like i feel like you really just kind of invited us in you gave us feedback and that's just so valuable to us uh, but we've seen you connect with lots of other people too so i'm interested what does just community in general being able to connect to other runners through social connect to them on the courses when you get to meet them. And, and I'll ask a couple of specific questions, but what does that mean to you? How, how does that play into your ultra experience?
2: nice uh, it's, I mean, it's the best, right? I mean, I, I can't say enough about it. It's really, really cool to connect with someone on, and I'm not a huge social media fan. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, but I can't get away from it because of the community, right. And connecting with people and meeting people and going up to West Virginia for Steve Epifano's race Mm -hmm. and meeting Chris Bartoli. And I was DMing Chris Bartoli right before we we got on here. We've been complaining about the Garmin app and and how the layout of it has changed and it looks all jacked up and it looks like they finally fixed it. So I was sending it to him saying, Hey, I think it's fixed. Go download the the new one or whatever. And then, like I said, there's just a, there's a connection with the Florida ultra running community, you know, And, and after long haul, Joe Fuller, who was a race director for Skunk Ape, reached out to me. and Says, "Hey, can I can I dedicate a race to to Max? You know?" And he put a Max's Five board up, and people before the race could come up and put their their Max's Five, you know, up on that whiteboard or whatever. So the the community is so cool, and it's really really cool when you connect on social media and then you, you meet them. And that, I mean, we're going to talk about the hydra in a minute, But I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm coming. I'm going to connect it with you guys. I want to meet you guys. There's no better way to meet you guys than to come, come do your race. Right. That's really why I'm going to be there. Um, it's to run. I love to run, but it's to meet you guys as well and, and hang out just a little bit. So
0: we should have recorded this like a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah. Then we could have used that. It's like the best commercial right? ever. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, we're, I mean, that's one of the reasons we'd like hosting races too, because we get to meet people and there are people who, who've run our races that we've only knew through social media before and they've come out now and, and hung out with us, which is great. But I, like you, I'm going to be running. So I'm going to be running the Zion 100 K in a few weeks. I think it's like three from now. And I have already heard of several people that are going to be out at the race and I'm stoked because I've never met them in person. And like mm-hmm. we're like social media fanboys of one another and I've never <laughs> yep. met them. And it's going to be cool just to be able to, you know, take a picture with them just um, say hi and get to know them. Yep. Uh, face-to-face and that never would have happened without doing not just because we do a podcast but like utilizing social media for good it can have benefits right it can and um you know my wife's like i don't know if it does i'm like well it doesn't (laughs) in some ways but in other ways i'm going to go to a race and meet people that i know that i feel like i know um, and if without having social media and things like that, I would have gone to this race and not known anyone. I would have, I maybe would have met people on the trail, but since I like to run alone, I wouldn't have talked to them. And so, um, I'm now going to be able to talk to people differently because I kind of already know who's going to be there, which is cool.
2: Yeah. Yep. I agree.
1: Well, and the funny thing about socials is, you know, I mean, rightfully so they can get a bad rap because mm. there are plenty of not so great things that go on and, but I'm telling you what, the world could be burning down, and I'm not going to know by looking at my social feed because it is running, 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 right. So um, <laughs> unless it's <laughs> it, unless it's a trail that's been on fire, like we talked well, about in this true. episode, right? That's, it's that's literally me. burning. I may
2: find out about
1: it. Right. it's Probably, uh, you know, the coke Donut just got right. <laughs> it got right. the <laughs> course got changed like it did for Steve. But, yeah, um, yeah.
2: I I would say if if I can, you know, one other thing about that that community was, you know, I mentioned that that guy Josh that I met at Jordan yeah. Jewel. You know, when we were at, at Long Haul, he, he, he's a lot faster than I am. He, he took off like a show. He was a full lap ahead of me. But when we saw each other, he said, hey, I'm going to catch up. We're going we're gonna to run together. And it was so cool. We ended up running the last probably 30 miles together. Talked about everything but weather and sports, right, which is the, the normal thing that you talk about, you know, at a superficial level. And laughed a lot. You know, Ned ended up out there with us on, you know, a couple of those of those laps and and I mean it was just really cool, you know, laughing about squirrels nut butter and salty britches and and all those kinds of things. And, you know, and, and I, I look back on it and I wonder would I have finished that race if it wasn't for Josh and for Ned and for Ashley. You know, my wife and my younger daughter showed up, you know, it was a huge boost. Everything that Ned and Ashley did, it was cold that night. You know, it was cold for running, but it was super cold for crewing right? mm-hmm. for them to hang out all night like they did, you know, and Ned did fantastic. This was the first ultra he'd ever, he'd ever seen and he did a fantastic job, you know, crewing me and what do you need and that kind of thing. But again, that community and, and meeting Josh at that other race and then, you know, spending another 30, 40 miles running together long, special, special memories for sure.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping Ned's going to sign up for Hydra
1: also. Yeah, bring Ned. Put him on the course. <laughs> Poor Ned. He's like, I don't want yeah. to run. I just want to crew. <laughs> he won't. Yeah,
2: he <laughs> won't trust me. He he loves crewing, but he will not run. So <laughs> come on, Ned. Come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Come well, on. I'll Ned. tell you, man. We heard so many good things oh, yeah. after the Robin Ames, and so I'll, I'll give a plug. You know, the Robin Ames Foundation, Steve Epifano, and that whole crew that puts on that trail series. But you went out. You ran. And then I think you essentially volunteered, you know, after the fact, Andy, we heard so many good things about you, mm-hmm. uh, your character, just what a pleasure you were to be around, which checks. It was like, oh, that checks, checks, you know, based off of what we know from him, you know, yeah. about him. Thanks. But I, I think for everybody listening to you, because there are people that do different things. Some people prefer to be solo. I, I would highly recommend though, engage, mm-hmm. connect, because you're, to your point, there's nothing better than showing up. Seeing friends, and uh, we got it's gonna be cool. And we've got friends that met on a course, like you said, that now travel. And when you're traveling, it's like, hey, yeah. like Robbie Bradley. Yeah, I met that guy randomly, and you know, he's a, I consider him a good friend, and yeah, it's cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, well, Josh and I, we're lining up races in the future. Yeah. Like, hey, what are you going to do? You know, we're going to do more together. Hundreds. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I think he's still trying <laughs> to decide too. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on josh you're
0: looking at the western state list just like the rest of us come on
1: well we're a hand we're three and a half weeks out from hydra as of this recording like we said it's going to be the day this comes out you're going to be on the course we're super excited to to meet you in person like we just talked about but how you feeling man how you feeling Are you excited about the race very
2: excited about the race yeah this will be my, my first ultra in north carolina jeff you know trying to Check hey, off some more, some more states, you know, um, really looking forward to the uh, cockroach start, you know, which Definitely. I'd never heard of until you guys. So I'm looking forward to that. A little nervous about if I if I miss the rock. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works, but, I you know, I'm a little nervous about that. I'm, I'm a little bit uh, type A by that kind of thing. If you put a rock out there, I'm, I'm going to find that thing. Uh, a little Hopefully. bit of Barkley. Yeah, a little bit of Barkley hopefully
1: Uh, well i mean the good the good news is if you miss it, you just run the loop again that's what we talk about
2: exactly that's what i don't want to do (laughs) so we show you where to start the loop though okay well that's good yeah (laughs) but i am looking forward to it i've I've seen pictures of the trails and that's all i need to see um if you guys post a picture i'm like yeah i gotta run that it looks it looks good it'll just be good to be back in north carolina as well
1: I'll be interested to hear your feedback on the course, especially Georgia trails and things like that. Like I said, I would consider all of Hydra course runnable, which makes it harder to know, right, when to take those rest breaks if you're going to take those rest breaks. But uh, so all that to say, I would just go out hard and keep going, you know, just bank time. (laughs) time. (laughs)
0: Always bank time. Always bank time. (laughs) It's the wisest thing you can do. (laughs) <laughs> always tune into the ultra running guys for that valuable advice
1: yeah, That's right,
0: <laughs> bank time and yeah well look man, all your races
1: <laughs> uh we're excited to, we're, we're excited to see you for that it really is something that we look forward to but a handful of weeks uh we catch you kind of late tonight but so worth it dude i've enjoyed this conversation so much for everybody listening don't forget about max's five you know, like I said, if you can tag us, tag Rusty, so we can continue to pass that on. It'd be a good reminder for me as well when I see it to do the Maxis 5. But the common ask, tell your friends what you're listening to. If you enjoy what we're what you're hearing here, pass it along. It means the world to us mm. and helps us grow, which is good for you guys. But Rusty, we're going to keep you around for a session for Patreon, which we're excited about. We know you said you're a little nervous about but it's going to yep. be a good time, man. It's going to be a good time. You should be nervous. Okay. <laughs> All right. But thank you for spending the time with us. It's been so much fun.
2: Yep. Thank you, guys. It really has been fun, and it's an honor. Really appreciate you guys asking me to be here. Thank no, you. I appreciate
1: it. It's been great, man. Yeah. Yep.
2: And for everybody else, we'll talk soon, and okay. cut. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? I'm trying to get in. It's, it's like you're going to have to update your Zoom.
1: Well, so I'm going through to updating everything and it's taking forever. I almost feel the need to give a little bit of a disclaimer. We're gonna show up for you, man. Oh, Lord. just don't tell them. Just just fighting
2: a little something. Oh boy. I can't believe I'm talking to you guys, to be wow. honest. Why? So I don't know. You guys are like uh celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean Bro. I'm gonna hit a shot.
1: <laughs>
2: hit it, man. Go nuts. Dude, you're all clean shaven. I know. I know. My wife's been on me for a while. So and it's starting to warm up, so I kinda gave in. So it's all give and take. I'm trying to talk her into letting me do another hundred and this is this is part of it. So (laughs) that that works. You guys are like really good at
0: like professionals. (laughs) We're really not. We just No, we're not. Yeah, because my printer didn't print out my piece of paper very well.
1: That's how professional we, we ran out of ink.
0: Yeah, it looks so. like hieroglyphics. <laughs> so I have to share his notes, and so yeah, I'm be like, what? You always do good for the first thirty minutes. He start getting
1: tired. Then I'm like, I'm sleepy. It's getting
0: late. When is Rusty gonna stop speaking so I can go to bed? Yeah. None of that goes through her head. Trust me. Guess what, Rusty? What? that just made the blooper real. All right, listen, thank you so much. We recognize the fact that you are probably just hanging on just for a couple more minutes as you're finishing up your run. But really, we do want to give you a huge thank you for the constant support that you've shown us. We hear you and we feel you. And the best way for us to continue to grow is for you to share us with your friends. Tell them what you put in your ears when you're out there on a the long run. Hit the like button, leave us a comment, um, leave a review and give us some
1: direct feedback on what you like about the show and also what you don't like. We're here to improve and do it for you. And it really means the world. And listen, if you would like to support financially, you can connect with us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the ultra running guys, or you can use the support link in the show notes. Any and all support goes directly back into growing the show and helping us get better at what we love to do, which is to serve all of you. And with that, finish up that run, get cleaned up and just show up clean, clean.